This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let's go back in time to 1932 as Converse brings you historic footage of the legendary original Celtics with whom all great professional teams are compared. We have now taken over your radio. Richie Guerin is about to show you the most important step in getting past a man. It's the first one. And Oscar will inbound it. The men in green, the Milwaukee Bucks, that's Al Cinder against Bellamy. Hello and welcome back to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason Mann. With me as always is Rich and we have Jared Dubin returning with us. He is the uh, he is an editor emeritus at Harvard Paroxysm and host of Quobet Batimus on this very network. Jared Dubin, welcome back to the show, sir. Thanks for having me for I think the fourth time now, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> he's, he's been here more than I have. <laughs> it's essentially his show. I'm I'm the guest, really, at this point. There you go. <laughs> So we are going to talk about the top 50 case for Kevin Johnson. Um, some of the overall numbers, he is 94th in win shares all time, 41st in win shares per 48, 91st in box score plus minus, and 109th in value over placement player. Uh, he was four times on the All-NBA second team, once on the third team. He has four top 10 seasons in win shares per 48. He is sixth all-time in assists per game, ninth in assists percentage. Um, he is uh, 93rd on the Bill Simmons uh, Book of Basketball Pyramid of Players, and he is 102nd in the Slam Magazine uh, Top 500. 
Um, certainly, uh, tremendous point guard, probably not as well regarded as he should be, especially if you look at the, uh, kind of his numbers, uh, compared to, uh, some of the other great point guards of all time. Jared, I know, I know KJ's one of your favorite players, but what's sort of his, what do you think about his case for the top 50? I think it's very, very similar to the guy I came on last time to talk about Tracy McGrady, where, you know, it's an outside case um, just based on the career he had in the NBA. And he would have um, a better argument if it were a top 50 talents in NBA history uh, discussion. You know, much like T-Mac, he had a couple of years at both the beginning and end of his career where, um, you know, for various reasons, he didn't play all that much. Um, you know, as, as a rookie, KJ, I think, played, I'm looking at it now, 24 minutes a game, um, and then in the last two years of his career, which were riddled by injury, um, last three years of his career, he played a total of 56 games, including a year where he missed the entire season. Um, and then in between that, he had a nine-season peak where he averaged 20 points and 10 assists a game, was one of the handful of best point guards in the league, you know, consistently in the top five, Um but never really a guy where you thought he was the single best point guard in the league. And I think that's sort of what holds him back, back uh, in the discussion a little bit. I think one of the things that I, you know, of, of doing research of Kevin Johnson and, and looking at video and everything of that, it's, it's, it's remarkable, you, you know, A, and we'll go over some of the stats here in a little bit, where he really stands out more than you would almost kind of think just by if I told you, hey, tell me about Kevin Johnson or whatever. You, you, you wouldn't think, you probably wouldn't put him in the category that he really deserves to be in when you look at his overall stats. One thing as well, just watching him play and just seeing how ahead of his time he really was in a lot of ways. Uh, Probe's history, obviously, Curtis Harris has been on this podcast many, many times, wrote a great piece uh, on probeshistory.com about Kevin Johnson, just talks about just the culture shock of seeing a guy, a, a, a point guard who's a great passer i mean just an unbelievable passer that could throw it down as as well as he could like his dunks are just incredible of of what he was able to do and how ferocious he could be and you know we kind of take it for granted now because we have guys like you know pre-injury derrick rose or like a russell westbrook and that's just kind of commonplace for those guys to do it but i mean you can see the culture shock even when kevin johnson does it on the announcers and the fans and the teammates are just like holy crap like this guy who who could just as easily throw a great bounce pass can just throw and dunk it over hakeem olajuwon like it's 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 unbelievable in that respect and when you watch these videos it's just it's it's crazy how much it stands out and how much he he just flies and especially in traffic too is 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 how unique it is is that he doesn't need a whole he doesn't need a fast break or a whole lot of space to really be able to rise and and and, and dunk like he can do it over guys he can do it in traffic it's it's really incredible well i i think that that kj it's interesting that you brought up westbrook because i think that kj is sort of what people envision when you know they talk about the balance that westbrook needs to strike between you know, being his usual hyper-aggressive, ferocious self, and also, you know, putting the, the full, um, you know, display of his, the full um, array of his passing gifts on display as well. Um, I, I think KJ struck that balance really well. You know, he was a guy who, again, he averaged 20 points and 10 assists a game over the course of, you know, eight or nine years, shot almost 50% from the floor during that time, too, and I think was taking, you know, 14, 15 shots a night. Westbrook obviously tilts a little bit more towards, you know, the, the 25 and 8 with a few extra shots direction. And I, and I think that that's sort of what people envision him 
him being when they say, oh, he needs to pass a little bit more. I think it would remind you a lot of what KJ was, not not just in terms of you know the way he played, but also the athletic gifts um, in, in terms of the the sheer like the athleticism in the same way that Westbrook's does sort of oozed out of his pores. Um, and, and there were times where he surprised you with the explosion that he had dunking over people. Yeah. You know, one thing that I think, um, that isn't well remembered is, you know, from his second season on him, mean, he was traded to, to Phoenix in, in, uh, middle of 88 season. And then from 89 to 92, I mean, he was either one or two minutes leaders uh, and probably the best player on those Suns teams. And those Suns teams before Barkley, um, was on there were really good teams. And, you know, they, they had Tom Chambers and they had, um, you know, they Jeff Hornacek and they had other guys who were pretty good. Dan Marley, of course. Um, so it wasn't just KJ show, but, you know, I mean, he was the, you know, he was, he was kind of leading that attack and those teams were, you know, really good in a uh, competitive um, Western conference. They had a couple of playoff disappointments, but they, you know, they made the 1990 Western conference finals. They beat the Lakers in, um, you know, in the, in the semis, you know, the, the first Lakers team to not make the finals in, in forever. I mean, they, um, you know, they really, I, I, I think young Kevin Johnson, you know, kind of before the injury started to take their toll and, you know, kind of some of the other issues and like I said, was just a dynamic player and was really just an incredible force. I guess the question is, you know, um, is that quite enough given the depth that we have um, at point guard? Yeah, I'm not sure um, because, again, you know, like, like we talked about, with with T-Mac, the the candle burned very bright, but it didn't burn for that long. You know, I think if he had had more seasons on either side of his peak, where he was just a good player, as opposed to what he was when he was at his best, then he'd have a stronger case. You know, his his all time numbers would be, um, you know, a little bit higher. Things like that. You know, you look at his, he wound up with you know just over thirteen thousand points and and sixty seven hundred assists. Those are not necessarily numbers that you think of, um, you know, for all-time 50 greatest players. But that's, you know, a lot of that is because he had just one season, you know, before his prime. And then once his prime was done, so was his career. You know, he didn't have, um, you know, a second act of his career like, say, Vince Carter did. Or, you know, he didn't have that um, like Gary Payton did, um, you know, who, I, who we talked about as one of the better point guards of you know pretty much the same era and became more of a shoe in case because he had a whole nother aspect of his career where he played crucial roles on you know really good teams and teams that won the championship and was able to extend the life of his effectiveness um you know despite not being quite as good as he was before uh, real quick, before we kind of move on here, I wanted to look at, uh, as we do in all these podcasts, look at how he rates uh, position-wise and era-wise and all that sort of stuff. And this is where he really jumped out at the board with me, and I was just kind of shocked at, at how well he he held up. Uh, Aaron position, uh, he's 13th in points per 36, third in assists per 36, uh, 42nd in effective field goal percentage, but what he really stands out, second in win shares per 48, fourth in win shares, and then ninth in value over replacement player. Uh, and then you look at all-time uh, position-wise, 59th uh, points per 36, sixth in assists per 36, 
Uh, ninth in win shares per 48, 21st in win shares, and 29th in value of replacement players. So he, as far as guards go all time, and especially point guards, I mean, that we talk about a guy who pretty much in all the, the big stats or all the big sort of advanced stuff, he's a top 30 guy in, in, in pretty much all of them, and that's, that's, that's remarkable. Yeah, I mean, he, he was so good um, for the time that he was good. And, um, you know, it's, it's sort of unfortunate that his career basically ended at age 30. Um, you know, like I said, that after that, he played 56 total games. He was sort of, you know, wrecked by injuries. And even the, for, the, for a few years before that, he was dealing with injuries a lot too. But he was still, you know, incredible while he was on the floor during that time. Yeah, we did a, we kind of did a, we looked sort of at uh, side by side with um, a few guys who we kind of put at a similar place in the pecking order. But these guys are probably all maybe ahead of him, if, but just kind of looking at some guys who were, I think, just decent guys to just look at in the surface. Uh, Bob Cousy, Hal Greer, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, and Gary Payton. And, you know, I was kind of surprised that, um, like, he, there were some things about him that stood out. Um, um, he led them all in win shares per 48. He led them all in um, PER. Um, he was second in true shooting percentage by by a landslide next to um, Nash. The, the one skill that really stood out to me, which I never really thought much about, was um, uh, his free throw rate. He was really able to get to the line um I had a high rate and was really able to, um, you know, that really kind of stood out as well. So um, the, the, the negative for that is that his uh, long minutes played are by far the uh, least. I mean, he has half the career minutes played of Jason Kidd, basically. So it, it kind of presents both sides of that. But I do think that um, I, I think for me overall for KJ is that there is a case and it's a surprisingly good case, but it's probably not quite enough just because you know we there's a lot of great point guards out there and you know he's just gonna end up kind of being stacked behind those guys for the most part i mean he's, he's definitely worth thinking about and i'm glad that we have a discussion about him um he's just a fun guy to have watched blade and just a fun guy to talk about but i i do think probably he's gonna fall short yeah i i think that that you know you were on onto something um at the beginning when you said that he was sort of before his time um, you know, in in this era of attacking point guards that we have now, he would have been, you know, imagine him having sort of free reign towards the paint that he didn't really have throughout the 90s. Um, he already sort of set that kind of mold for the attacking point guard in terms of, you know, getting to the rim. So many of his shots uh, were, were close. He didn't He didn't take a lot of threes at all. Um, and I think that was why he sort of lived at the free throw line. Um, and, and if he had the kind of access to the paint that players have now because of the way the mm-hmm. hand-checking rules have changed, I, th- I think he would have been you know, you know, even more so at the line, which is pretty crazy to think about for a point guard that you know for almost a decade was at the line six, seven times a game or you know a, a few years up there he was – at eight times a game, um, it's, it's unbelievable. It, it's, it's it's just that, that's not something that was, you would have heard of from point guards at that time. 
It's that, that's the biggest thing when I, when I was kind of looking through his stats and looking at his numbers, it was like, oh my God, like that, I, I couldn't believe it. Like I thought it was an error that I was looking at the wrong thing. Like maybe, you know, what, what was that like, period of 100 possessions? I was like, no, that's like per game was like, it's just cause it's on. I mean, we talk about other guys and you look at comps, like, like Jason mentioned guys like, you know, a Steve Nash or Jason Kidd or whatever guys who, who were just as good at, you know, getting the line and scoring near the basket or whatever. And they're, you know, two a game, three a game tops. And you have a guy getting six again. It's just unheard of for a point guard. It, it, those are shooting guard numbers. And he was such a good passer too to boot it. It's just it's it's unbelievable his skill set and it's it's a shame we don't sort of recognize him as 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 more than he is and he just sort of is a you know kind of a fleeting guy I mean he's not even when we talk about those Suns teams we think of Barkley I think first off before we think of him and that's that's kind of unbelievable when you think of of the longevity that he had there and, and what he was able to accomplish there before Barkley even went there and then what he was able to accomplish you know when Barkley was there he was still you know a vital part of that and then uh, another interesting thing too is if you look at uh, the post Barkley Suns he goes right back to what he was doing kind of before Barkley was there you know averages 20 a game or whatever it, it's it, it's just a, a, an awesome career that yeah unfortunately just the injury is just derailed it immediately and then there was just nothing left it's it's interesting that you brought up you know that everybody thinks about barkley on those teams um you know because i was um you know too young to catch early early kj like the first four or five years of his career but um i I guess it was the yeah it was the 93 finals was the the first time i ever watched that team um because i was six six years old still at the time um but the, the Knicks had lost to the Bulls in the Eastern Conference Finals. And, you know, b- before that, you know, I had – once the Knicks were out, it was like, okay, I I thought the season was over at that point. But, you know, that year um, during the Eastern Conference Finals, there was a game like, either on my birthday or the day before my birthday, whatever it was, that, you know, I, I was still six years old at the time. These games are being played at night. But because it was my birthday, my dad was like, okay, you can stay up and watch this game. Um, th- this was earlier in the playoffs because um, my birthday is in the beginning of May. But, you know, the when the finals came around and I knew I found out that there was another basketball game on that night, uh, um, it was my dad's birthday. And, and I reasoned with him that because I was allowed to stay up late to watch a basketball game on my birthday, that I should also be able to do the same thing on his birthday. You know, even at <laughs> six years old, I had very flimsy logic. But, you know, that night of my dad's birthday was that game in the 93 finals that went to two overtimes, three overtimes, whatever it was. Um, and, I, and I just remembered this guy, Kevin Johnson, having the ball for them, like, the whole game. Like, he, he all he did was score and take – I mean, he took – must have taken, like, 25, 30 shots in the game and had, like, 10 assists or something like that. I don't remember the exact numbers, but I remember – you know, just screams about Kevin Johnson, Kevin Johnson, Kevin Johnson. And I was like to my dad, like, who is this guy? And he's like, that's Kevin Johnson. So then all I would do was for the rest of the finals was talk about Kevin Johnson and ask my dad what Kevin Johnson did in those games. And that was how he sort of became, um, you know, the, a guy that I liked was just because I had randomly stayed up for this one game that my dad let me stay up for uh, when I was six years old. Um, unfortunately that was sort of the last time in his career that he was fully healthy. And, and, you know, I found out later that he had not even been, uh, fully healthy during that season. He had missed a bunch of games. Um, but that was a guy that, you know, I, I just loved the way that he played. Um, and, and it came out in that game and it, that was true throughout the rest of his career when he was healthy too. 
Um, so I didn't even initially think about Barkley on those teams, you know, to get back in a roundabout way to the point that I was making, just because I was this young kid who happened to watch this one game um, where KJ was doing pretty much everything. Uh, Rich, uh, anything else? Uh, I think that's it for me on, on KJ. He's going to be an interesting one. Um, I, I kind of put him up after this. I put him up on, a, on an interesting list of, of, of guys that I definitely want to talk about and, and look at a little bit more. I mean, a lot of these guys we've talked about, I've sort of said, yeah, they're on the fence. Or that he's a guy, I don't know. I really, after, after today and after doing a lot of research and talking to different people and, and, and looking at the highlights and his stats, he's a guy that I think you can make a legit claim at, 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 of being on that list in, in some form or fashion. So uh, as we get closer, I'll have to see you know, what, what space pertains and, and who we'd have to go over or who, you know, who would we have to take out. But he really did. I mean, I, I was shocked. I was really, really shocked at how well he holds up. Yeah. His I, rate stats, I think, um, you know, do a lot for him because, like you said, he didn't play that, that many minutes, but he was so productive. Um, yeah. It's sort of his lack of longevity – you know, hurts in terms of his all-time numbers, but helps uh, in the fact that his rate stats look really good. Yeah, I, I and I, I'm I'm on board with you, Rich. I mean, I do think that um, you know he's definitely a guy who's going to be in the mix when we're um, you know making those final cuts, and I, and he's definitely you know I, he, he's worth talking about. I, I'm also impressed by um, you know his production. Um, I guess maybe there there's a, a small benefit to the fact that he didn't stick around too long after he started to decline. I mean, once he um, started to decline, I mean, he basically, you know, he, he had 56 games uh, in, in, a, in a couple of seasons where, you know, he didn't produce much or play well. And that was basically it. So he didn't have like a bad part of his career to drag those things down. Like some of the other players who might, you know, um, like, you know, maybe like McGrady or Chris Weber, you know, guys who, you know, who played a large number of minutes, um, and weren't, weren't as good anymore. So, um, but either way, um, you know, he'll definitely be in the competition. Like we said, uh, Jared, anything else? No. Um, I think that's it. Um, it's always fun to talk about KJ just because he was such a fun guy to watch. I think it's interesting to see how people will react to him because it's so hard to extricate KJ the player from um, you know KJ the Sacramento mayor who you know saved basketball in Sacramento, but also as a politician, a lot of people have very strong feelings about and not necessarily all positive. Um, so I, I think it'll be interesting to see people how people react to his case just as a player and not considering him as you know a, a guy, the guy that he's been after his career. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Jared, thank you uh, so much for uh, joining us again. And uh, everyone can, uh, of course, we're at uh, hardwoodproxism.com. You can find our podcast there. And um, please uh, leave a rating and review for all the uh, HP Network podcasts and for our feed as well over and Back NBA. Uh, either one is good, both if, if possible. <laughs> and uh, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Over and Back uh, NBA and also our forums at Over and Back nba.com where we can talk a lot about classic basketball so uh thanks everyone for listening and uh back again soon
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.